More great examples of how access is a game changer for any business. Our second episode starts now. Welcome to the Microsoft Access Podcast, the most popular desktop database in the world, brought to you by accessusergroups.org. Here is your host, Access MVP, Juan Soto. Welcome to episode two of the podcast. This is Juan Soto. Thank you very much for listening. I am uh, thrilled with the feedback I got from episode one, including some uh, apparently some technical issues I had. So hopefully with this uh, episode, you now hear my voice on both ears. I wanted to uh, emphasize again that this is a podcast that's not sanctioned by Microsoft or Microsoft Access, an independent broadcast. And uh, in the first episode, we talked about no matter what business you're in, you're in the business of data that you collect data from doing transactions with your customers. And businesses revolve around transactions. You can't have an order without a customer. You have, can't have an or, invoice without an order. So if you haven't listened to it, I urge you to go back and do so. We wanted to focus on why access is so good for business. Uh, there's a lot of technical information online, and I thought the podcast that was focused on the how access can really be a game changer for businesses would be a great idea. And so today I'm going to provide you some more examples and uh, be able to demonstrate that uh, access can be a good fit for your company. The examples I'm going to talk about today highlight one important aspect, which is the access part of Microsoft Office. And as such, you can leverage the other products in the Office Suite to create Amazing solutions. You can use Olive for email, Excel for spreadsheets, Word to create Word docs. All of these driven from VBA and Access. And that's an advantage that we have over, for example, a web app. A web app can create an email. It can create Word docs. But it's never going to be the same as with Access. When a web application creates an email, you have to define the email within the web app and it sends it in the background. Versus Access can create an, an Outlook email attach an attachment, create a subject line, create a body, then stop so that the user can edit the message before it goes out. And so being able to use Outlook natively within Access is just a great advantage. And a web app can also create Word docs, but they get created on the server and then they get downloaded for the user to edit. And then once they're done editing, they have to, when they want to save it back to the web app, they have to upload it again. Whereas with Access, they can create the Word doc, save it, and then offer it to a user for editing. And the user simply uh, closes the doc, and it gets saved automatically, something I'll be talking about later in the podcast. My first example today uh, has to do with a concept that I call a document center. We have a customer that creates park shelters. And every park shelter is different. It could be as simple as a roof over a couple of picnic tables, or as complex as a facility that will allow you to do concerts, to have a stage and a concrete slab for lots of chairs and bathroom facilities and be quite large. And therefore, every order has design specifications from a customer and associated AutoCAD drawings that they generate, as well as correspondence from the customer, uh, spreadsheets for that they use for estimating. And so when we come across these situations where you have all this documentation being generated, we advocate what we call a, the document center, that uh, we can program and access to hold all those 
documents in one convenient place in respect to an order. So when we design the order system and somebody brings up the order, you'll see a tab called Document Center, and then there it'll hold all the relevant documentation, emails, specifications, AutoCAD drawings, PDFs, spreadsheets, anything, any type of file, drawings, images, video, that uh, will allow employees to have everything at their fingertips in one place. And this concept is used a lot through businesses, uh, and a lot of businesses don't use a database to hold their documents. They create a folder on a network, a master folder, and then under that folder, they'll have subfolders. So if you're dealing with an order, if every order might have an order number, whereas I've seen people organize it by customer name for whatever that order is or whatever that customer is. Well, the problem with that approach is, as an employee, I got to go hunt for that folder. Every time I want to view documents or see documents, I got to bring up uh, Windows Explorer, navigate to that folder, locate the order in question. And there's some draw significant drawbacks and hazards with that because uh, I might inadvertently delete a file or move files or move folders. So I always advocate storing that information in the database. Now, uh, Access has um, the capability to store images inside itself. We don't we don't advocate that because it'll bloat your file and access has a two gigabyte limit. Rather, what we tell our, our clients is we let Access manage that document repository on the network. And nobody knows where that folder is except for a few employees because we want employees to go to the database to add documents, remove, do not remove, but uh, view documents, create documents. So it's a wonderful way to have everything related to that. Another example is the insurance industry. When you uh, when we created insurance systems in the past, every claim has a document center. And it will uh, have the claim paperwork that was submitted to the claimant for signature. It will have any files that the claimant has submitted to the insurance company, such as photos of the damage. That's another great example. Another one is a law firm that might have a docket of documents associated with a case. So every case record has a document center where you can uh, store documents uh, at that uh, relevant to that case. I have another um, great example, and that is uh, we designed a system for an insurance company a few years back where they had a phone system that would generate a recording of a conversation. So every time you called the insurance company and you wanted to submit a claim, they would uh, tell the person, you know, your call is being recorded for quality purposes. And um, when you hung up, that would create a local recording on the user's PC. Then Access would automatically import that uh, into the claim file, claim file database record. The convenience about that is uh, when the claim went to an adjuster, the adjuster can then listen into those calls. Or if a manager wanted to listen to the conversation, especially if it's a new employee that's taking a claim, they want to monitor that employee's performance, they can then see, hear, excuse me, uh, that conversation and then give broad feedback to the, to the employee. So it's not just leveraging the FS ecosystem, but also it's interfacing with other programs just a wonderful way to bring together complex solutions. Another uh, application for document centers is emails. The problem with emails is if I get an email regarding an order from a customer, it's in my email inbox. So unless I copy other members of my team or the customer copy other people, it's only in my inbox. 
And if I'm on vacation or I'm out sick and somebody needs to look at that email, that's going to be a problem. Uh, IT may have to get involved and they have to go in my inbox and retrieve that email. Well, what we encourage customers to do is uh, we have access read the Outlook inbox and they can select records, uh, emails, excuse me, that will get imported for the insurance claim or the lawsuit or uh, the order. So now once it's in the database, other members of the team, when they bring up that order, lawsuit, or insurance claim, they'll see relevant emails. Another aspect businesses, sometimes you need to generate Word documents. Now, we approach this uh, with the mindset that if we can use an access report for a letter that's going out to a client, supplier, or whatever is being generated from the database, we always advocate using a report, but sometimes that doesn't cut it. Sometimes we need a more complex solution where the user will need to uh, modify that letter with uh, graphs and images and additional text. And it's a lot harder to do that and to be able to predict all the situations where you need to uh, include that information in the report. So what we usually do is we'll create, a, we'll create the Word template and we design access to launch the Word template. And we like using templates because every time you launch it, it creates a new doc. So it doesn't affect the template. And then the user, fill in what we can of the Word doc, right? So if I'm, if I'm using a... Um, Claim database for insurance, it'll fill in the claimant information, their address, phone number, maybe uh, their name, dear Mr. Johnson, and then fill in some body text, uh, standard boilerplate, and then it saves that document to the, the document center. So now it's saved as a file name, and then it stops so that the user can then complete the editing of that Word doc. And so they can add additional text. And then when they were done, they just click to save it. Or when they click to exit Word, it will ask them, do you want to save it? It doesn't ask them for the file name. Because during the creation process, Access already did that and saved it to the document center. So it's a great way of um, for the people not to accidentally save it somewhere. It's already been saved once, and so it knows where to go. Uh, obviously, they can overrule that, but uh, they, they, do, they wouldn't do that because it's so darn convenient just to close and save. Now that uh, it's saved with the database, next time somebody needs to open that Word doc, they go to that particular record, the, either the uh, lawsuit or claim or order, and then click on the uh, document to open it up again and continue editing or print it or PDF it, whatever they have to do. So that's just another great example of integrating uh, using the Office platform to maximize uh, to not to maximize, but rather to create a design solution that's just wonderful for the business that fits it like a glove. After the break, we're going to talk about how I've seen Microsoft Access used in factories around the U.S. The Microsoft Access podcast is brought to you by AccessUserGroups.org, an online community of Access users worldwide with free meetings scheduled throughout the month. We invite you to join us by registering for free at AccessUsersGroup.org and learn more about Microsoft Access with experts around the world. One of my last examples here is um, how great Access is for a manufacturing company to use as a mission critical piece of software to produce widgets. Uh, I have a mechanical engineering background. My professional experience has been with operations. I've I've managed pharmaceutical operations. I've done 
cosmetics, uh, medical devices, uh, food. So whatever you, before I became a developer and I owned my own consulting practice, I, I worked every shift, first, second, and third. I managed uh, non-union shops, union shops. And now in my company, as a consultant, I've traveled the U.S. and I've helped lots of my fashion companies that have decided to use Access for their ERP system. ERP stands for Enterprise Resource Planning. When uh, you're, you're a manufacturing company, you have several routes to take. These ERP systems help you from everything from the accounting to creating your product to sourcing the materials to manufacturing and shipping and tracking. I mean, there are usually comprehensive packages that can cost from several hundred thousand dollars all the way to many millions of dollars. Take a long time to implement. Usually, I'll quote somebody a year, but when I was doing ERP implementations, one of the biggest problems with ERP software is they have you hook, line, and sinker. Once you have their software and your factory, you rely on them for everything. Need a new report? You have to pay them for that. And not cheap. It's uh, usually a premium consulting rate and can be quite expensive. If you need a new feature, you got to pay them for that. Do you need an upgrade to the latest version of software? It's not a slam dunk like Windows 10 where you update and you restart and you got the latest version. No, you have to pay this consultant, this uh, this company to send in their consultants and customize the, the upgrade patch to your software version uh, that you have configured in your factory. And what ends up happening is a lot of companies skip the latest version. They'll wait two or three years before the upgrade to the latest and greatest version of their ERP software because they don't want to pay that hit. So I coined this the ERP trap, and I actually wrote a LinkedIn blog post on this. So I urge you to uh, connect with me at uh, LinkedIn and uh, look at the blog post, and you'll see it there. It's the one with the mouse trap photo in it. Now, when it comes to access, you still have to pay somebody to add a report or add your features, but it's a lot less expensive. Some of my clients have learned to add reports to the system by themselves, so uh, they don't uh, use me unless they have more pressing or more complicated features they want to add to the system. A small manufacturing company really needs to think long and hard to spend uh, several hundred thousand dollars on a product. And what's a real shame is, more often than not, uh, when you finish through implementing this custom software, not custom, but rather the package software, that uh, you'll get from a company such as Oracle or Microsoft or SAP. Uh, sometimes it doesn't uh, work completely. You're short by, it does 80% of what you need. And then you have that 20% differential. After you spent all that harder money and train your employees and configure the software. No, I noticed on several occasions where I've helped top companies with their access, they will... Um, be growing rapidly and I will suggest have you thought about a ERP package now that you've gone through this explosive growth these companies say oh no no we love our access database we don't want to change it for anything uh, yes it's slow and yes uh, it needs uh, it needs help and yeah we want to best money to create new features but we love it and that's been the common denominator uh, usually they're smaller manufacturing companies because this face if you're craft foods, you're not going to go with access, right? Uh, with, with plants throughout the globe. But rather, these smaller manufacturing operations just express their love for access. I once had a client that uh, 
was running the whole company on access and then for their accounting and i see this a lot right the accounting is being taken by accounting software package such as quickbooks or any other accounting package and then their operations such as uh sourcing materials and manufacturing and shipping is all handled by microsoft access and i i was called into this company and they weren't following best practices it would take for example many minutes for it to launch because everybody was using the same file on the network as opposed to having their own file, uh, a copy of the front end. I'm not going to get to the technical weeds of that, but suffice to say that they would sit there, they would click to open access, and they would sit there and wait and wait and wait. They would rather do that than go to an ERP package that they can buy. And so we were able to optimize it, so now it's just a few seconds to launch. Um, when I was, uh, the, way, the, way, the way I got started with Microsoft Access, I used to be a production manager at a uh, company here in Chicago, Guernsey Bell, and all resist. Uh, it was, we would do ingredients for ice creams. And so I was responsible for the production line that did chocolate, did chocolate covered peanuts and chocolate covered almonds or coated uh, cookie uh, pieces for the cookie dough and oil. When we did something like that, there was a recipe that said you did so many pounds of uh, peanuts and you have to use so many pounds of chocolate and so many hours of labor. And the recipe would call, uh, would say, you were probably gonna lose, I'm just gonna throw this as an example, you're gonna lose 3% scrap. You're gonna have 3% scrap in the process. And well, as a production manager, I wanted to know what was the actual scrap process. I wanted to know if, um, as a mechanical engineer, I was constantly improving the processes there and I wanted to know exactly how much more money I was saving the company by producing more product and reducing scrap levels and still use the same amount of labor. And so I would sit down at the end of the, uh, the evening, or the afternoon, excuse me, the shifts were done. I would sit down with all the paperwork, all the tags of the warehouse, bringing materials to the production line, calculate the net of the materials used. So if a recipe called for 500 pounds of chocolate, they would bring me a 1,000 pounds tote, and I would use 500, they would turn back. So I had to calculate that in the spreadsheet. Well, I got tired of that, and I decided to start programming a database to do it. And the database was then designed to make all the calculations. So I can keep track. And it would turn out this, I would beat, oftentimes I would beat the recipe. Sometimes I didn't, but on average I would beat the recipe. Well, I would calculate how much money I saved the company by producing those extra pounds of product and how much more revenue I generated my production lines so that I can go to upper management, to the vice president of manufacturing or operations, and say, look, I just saved you 125000 in the last six months net over all these batches, and I'd like to use leverage those savings to purchase additional equipment so that I can prove it even more. Like for, I remember one case where I wanted to buy a machine that would uh, close the box, tape it, and then use a inkjet head to label the box with the uh, product code, the lot, and number, and expiration date. As opposed to doing all that operation by hand, by several people at the end of the production line, I can use uh, the machine to do all that and use those people to produce more product. Always emphasizing on doing more with the same amount of people. I try to avoid the use of the L word, which is layoffs. I don't want to, I don't want to justify it that way. And because I had code hard facts, I would usually get my way. So even if there is an ERP system in place, access can be used to extend that platform and do wonderful things at a much better cost. And sometimes the ERP vendor actually refuses to do the work. They'll say, no, we, we don't do that, or we can't modify software to what you want to do. And then you're stuck, so access can fill in that gap.
Right after I record this episode, I'm going to be at the Microsoft Summit and uh, MVP Summit at uh, Redmond, Washington, where I'll be meeting uh, my peers from around the world. Some 4,000 MVPs come to the summit and around 30 Access MVPs. And it's always a great time to meet my friends again. And I'm hoping to be able to share some news, whatever I can, at the next episode. Stay tuned for learning how you can reach out to me. Thanks for listening. If you wish to comment, request a topic, or reach us, please visit accessusergroups.org contact. We welcome your tweet at jsoto22 or connect with Juan at linkedin.com slash in slash Juan Soto. We'd love to hear from you.